I'm working full time. I'm studying part time. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view, the people who work in the prison system would have another, and I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. We're going to be interviewing first off on the show um, Anthony Kelly from Flemington Kensington Community Legal Centre. And we'll be interviewing Anthony about a submission that was written by um, Flem Ken specifically by the Police Accountability Project. And we'll be interviewing Anthony about the Royal Commission into Victoria's mental health system. And basically we'll be talking quite a lot about the recommendations of that submission. But before we do that, just to give a little bit of background about um, what the Police Accountability Project is. The project is a specialist innovative public interest legal project located within the Flemington Kensington Community Legal Centre, taking the lead in police accountability law and strategies. It is based in the Legal Centre in Kensington, Victoria, Australia. PAP was formed in 2007 and provides victim-centred remedies, strategic litigation and casework, evidence-based research, community support and policy and law reform advocacy around a range of key police accountability issues. And the project aims to drive the political, cultural and systemic change required for true police accountability. Um, that's I've just taken the liberty of quoting out of the submission about what the project in is. Um, next interview, we'll be speaking to Naomi Murphy, and she is um, a very um, strong Aboriginal woman who has been recognised in community and was going to be actually taking an award. She's been offered an award, um, which is a NAIDOC Community Award, sponsored by Serco. And when Naomi discovered this, um, she decided she wouldn't take that award. So we'll be speaking with her about that. Um, before Naomi will speak to Ali, who is imprisoned and detained in um, Adelaide Detention Centre. He was recently transferred and he'll be speaking about a death, um, a recent death in custody. Um, a man, an asylum seeker, died quite tragically um, in, I believe, in Maita in Broadmeadows. So we'll speak to him about that. So we have three interviews and in the meantime, I'll just, um, we'll line up um, Anthony and we'll go into an announcement first, and um, and and see. Hopefully, he'll be uh, he'll be there soon. Uh, we'll do that right now.
Don't panic. There is a Planet B. Come along to a sparkling night of progressive comedy at Greenleft Weekly's annual comedy debate. Join masters of ceremonies Rod Quantock with Sean Bedlam, Duff, Fiona Scott Norman, Hellchild, Kirsty Mack, and Tom Tanuki. Tickets are $50 solidarity, $30 regular, $22 low waged, and $12 concession. There'll be a bar and the opportunity to buy a delicious dinner. Friday, the 26th of July, 6 30 pm at the Brunswick Town Hall. Don't panic, there is a Planet B, a fundraiser for the radical newspaper Green Left Weekly. Bookings are essential. Phone 9639 8622 or go to trybooking.com forward slash BDHTX. Green Left Weekly is a 3CR supporter. be worth the effort to get to Darwin from the 2nd to the 4th of August for the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's National Conference. Australia at the Crossroads, time for an independent foreign policy. Held under the ominous shadow of US-China contention and US-Australia military exercises for war on China, discussion and speakers will address the social and economic cost of militarism to Australia, the impact of militarism on the environment and the dangers posed to our peace and security by stationing US troops in Darwin. For more details, head to the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's website at ipan.org.au. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. And you're back with the Doing Time show. Now, we've had a bit of a change of plan. Anthony Kelly cannot be located at the moment, and hopefully we'll be speaking with him later about the Royal Commission into Mental Health and what the Police Accountability Project has done for that submission. But in the meantime, we're going to be speaking with Ali, who has been a regular guest on our show and who's been recently transferred to Adelaide um, Detention Centre. And indeed, um, a man has has died. Um, It's been... In, in MITRE. Hello, Ali. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Oh, not bad, Ali. It's, it hasn't been very good, has it? Yeah, it's, it's been a very bad weekend, actually, for all the detainees in Melbourne Detention Centre, and I feel really sorry for the family who lost their son, 23-year-old son. It's just been a disaster, like, what has gone on in there, like, a lot of social media has been released on yeah. news talking about Melbourne, 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 Melbourne. is just really bad. That Melbourne is is built to break people up, to break family up, to break men, to make him suicide, to break people. 
Where was he? Where's, where was he detained? Where was this man detained? In Melbourne, in Malta Detention Centre. And, yeah, what what happened exactly, do you think? I mean, I know you weren't there, but from what you've heard he, and what, what happened? a friend of mine. I talk to him all the time. and uh, I know him like we've been now together, friends, about two years in detention centre. He used to be with me in Perth as well, in Yonge Hill Detention Centre. And we got transferred to Melbourne. Uh, he's very quiet person, polite, no trouble. Uh, always he just sits down in the room, doesn't talk much to people, doesn't argue with people. Yeah. And the last five days of his life, he starts going to the medication because the medication, when people have antidepressant medications and all that kind of stuff, they don't give you the whole container in your room to keep. They give you every day your medication daily. So you go to the nurse, she yeah. gives you your daily medication, like how many pills, like three pills or two pills, whatever medication you're on. I'm not on medication, but he used to, like he was on medication. So he started collecting his medication and not taking it, and he took it in one go. Oh, okay. So so basically that police are apparently preparing a report for the coroner following the death of this 23-year-old man, and apparently he took too much medication. What could have been prevented, do you think? What could have been prevented this one, uh, if it was extra mental health yeah. treatment for these people, proper care mental health for these people who have been detained for a long time. Like, I did, I did come up to this point twice, and you know that when I did actually end up in the hospital and that. So I know when this moment come up to you and you'd be lucky if you end up saving your life and you'd be not lucky if you it just you, you lose your life. Uh, it's just because people been long time, like he's been four years in the century centre and all he yeah. wanted to, to go out to his mother and then uh, to go out and to be free and that. And he win his case as well, same situation as me. I win the case and I'm still here. So he won his case eight months ago and he keeps arguing with Border Force, Australian Border Force, Mr. Clinton inside the Mitre Detention Centre. He keeps arguing with him all the time why I'm still here and I win my case. Oh, so he won his case? He won his case eight months ago and he keeps arguing with Border Force inside the centre why I'm still here and I win my case. Or oh, is your case your paperwork being forwarded to the minister, and we waiting his signature. So wow, I, I don't know. Is the minister showering every every night with the blood of detention centers? I don't know what what he wanted. Like this is how many blood on his hand until now. This is really bad. It is bad, Ali, and I and I think that we need to wait until until the inquest happens because it. Even though they're saying the death isn't treated as suspicious, if he took a whole lot of medication, I mean, we don't want to speculate too much, but if he took a lot of medication, he must have been very depressed. Yeah, what happened is uh, they found him dead in the room with, they said, heart attack, possible heart attack. But soon they're going now to check his body in the hospital. Uh, They're going to come back and say, yes, he died of medication. But the problem is, is it Circle and Borofor is going to say, oh, that's the report of the hospital or not? Yeah. Nobody knows. And the problem is all this person's family, all at all, he got no one in Australia. 
all he got is all his family in Afghanistan. So, of course, it's just going to be uh, another cover-up story. Like my hand, when they broke it and yeah. said it, it, it hasn't been broken and no Medicare treatment on that, and then I went to the hospital next minute, everything broken on that, yeah. and they had to move me. Yeah. So always they try to cover up when a problem happens to them. They try to cover up and make it look like they, they're innocent people and they're really high risk, like Osama Bilal's first cousin in detention centre is all the detainees. Absolutely. And it's understood that emergency services were called to the Melbourne Immigration Transit Accommodation Centre in Broadmeadows at around 11.30pm on Friday night, but the man was pronounced dead shortly after. Yeah, and uh, another Afghani person, I just got called actually, I found out, his roommate, he set himself on fire last night. Oh my God. So he's actually critically injured now in uh, Northern Hospital in Epic. See, there's just so much going on, isn't there? And, and Ali, you would have heard that there's just there's a Royal Commission well, into mental health at the moment. And I'm wondering whether asylum seekers and refugees are going to be included in that commission with the recommendations. Yeah, it's really bad because uh, these people need the treatment. Like now, the centre I'm in, they send me to this centre uh, just to shut me up, just yeah. to shut me off from complaining. Because yeah. Until now, I've been here now two weeks. I, I got absolutely nothing to complain about this detention centre. It's like absolutely hotel, Pakistan. Yeah, and I know. This is what this is what people actually, if they wait for the visa, they should be in Everlast, not in other centres at all. The reason they put me here so I don't complain about nothing because everything here available. But it's not, you're not complaining, Ali. All you're doing is trying to help people and trying to expose injustices. I do. I do do try to help people when I see not justice. Yeah. And even now, here with me now, I've been seeing a lot of families like uh, wife and husband, wife and husband. Yeah. All all families. I'm the only single person now in this centre. Sure. The rest is all married uh, couples coming from Nauru and Manas Island. Yeah, and I'm I'm with them. So all the people here who never been meet me before, I never see them before. Only I meet them here. They all from Manus Island and Nauru families. And some of them seen my videos on the on the five four one pages and on the social media and that. So they knew me straight away. They said, "Oh yeah, yeah. how are you, Ali? We've seen you before and that." And some of them they just meet me and that, which is good to see people and look after them and that. But I feel really sorry for them because, like the the long, the short period person in here being six years being detained. It's many years, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a really long long time, and they all suffering from mental health. Bad dream at night time. They all like they 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 really tired. They really really tired. Like they they suffering from mental health. Absolutely, Ali. It's it's horrible. Focus about the mental health stuff more often to these people because these people uh, what, what happened is people in the prison don't suffer from mental health because they got date to look forward like, yes like if I go now let's say me and you we we done something and we went to prison yeah we know exactly what day they correct gave us two years one year whatever yeah we know what day there's a sentence and what time we're going out of the prison yeah yeah in detention you're indefinite Nobody knows. Exactly. 
could be one day, could be could be ten years. Ten years, so exactly, Ali. Yeah. That's why people on the edge, they really stressing out, hearing bad news about their family or they lost some family member or something, and and they just really really suffering. They just need help. They need some sort of uh, mental health assistance, uh, care. That's right. Care. That that what they need. Exactly. Yeah. Need help. Don't need to be locked up in here. They don't need to be locked up. Exactly. Because they're not dangerous. They're not dangerous. If they're dangerous, they're here. Girls and boys. Now, my centre, girls and boys. I don't see anyone fighting or killing each other. No, no, no. You're quite right. If if these people dangerous and want to do something to this woman or this Mm. man or whatever. They do. They do it to these people. Why they don't? Why they want to do it only outside? It, it don't make sense. Exactly, Ali. We're going to have to end it now, um, but it really is lovely to have you back. And um, Thank you very much. yeah, it's great you, to you have you. To yourself, and, uh, I was planning to see you a long time, but what we do is like. Oh, I don't know what happened. I, I was meant to come and visit you in Mitre, but it's not over. I can. Yeah, I can I still come over to Adelaide. We'll work I it out. Know. I know. Thank you very Don't much. Don't you worry, Ali. Talk to yourself and uh, give my uh, hello, like just say hello to Peter as well. Thank you. Very I much. will. I will. Thank, Thank you, you, Ali. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. And that was Ali, who is imprisoned in Adelaide Detention Centre, talking about a man who has died in custody in a government facility in Broadmeadows Detention Centre. Oh, sorry, Mitre in Broadmeadows. And our condolences do go out to his family and friends. So we're going to be. Um, actually playing a Kev Carmody song called River of Tears and we're going to try and work out where Anthony is. Back with the Doing Time show and that was River of Tears by Kev Carmody. Coming up now is an interview with Anthony Kelly from Flemington Kensington Community Legal Centre looking at the submission that the Police Accountability Project has written in regards to the Royal Commission into Mental Health. Hello Anthony, welcome to the program. Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Great. Now, good on you. Anthony, I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about the submission and give a little bit of background. Sure. So, as people will be aware, the Royal Commission uh, into Victoria's mental health system is um, underway. The um, submissions from the public, from both individuals and organisations, closed last week. Uh, Of course, our uh, mandate and purview and expertise focuses on the pointy end of the mental health system, which is where police come in contact with people. And so our submission was focused on um, the policing of um, people experiencing mental health crisis or, you know, um, um, people with mental illness. And um, we focused on um, a lot of the issues that our clients have raised over many, many years um, with us is about you know the um, the violence and assault and abuse that often accompanies police contact and some of the difficulties that our clients have faced uh, when coming into contact with police and um, we've made a whole series of recommendations basically based on that client experience and our, and our work in general on police accountability and um, yeah so we hope that uh, the policing of mental illness will be a key. Uh, area of reform for the for the Royal Commission, um, and where we also urge the Commission that it needed to go beyond um, the, the the sort of reforms that have been um, raised time and time again, which is basically just reviews of police training or 
new and improved training methodologies or models, we really feel that there needs to be a, um, uh, an, uh, a system of police accountability where police misconduct is uh, uh, in, in investigated independently and uh, these sort of issues are you know, examined uh, effectively and properly and we end the impunity that often accompanies police, police assault and abuse. Would you agree that there's, there needs to be funded, non-aggressive um, and care-based alternatives to police? Absolutely, yeah, and that's consistent across a lot of the uh, submissions that we've seen from other agencies. Um, I haven't read them all, of course, and they're all going to be published on the Royal Commission's website eventually. But there's a broad consensus that there needs to be a much stronger uh, therapeutic care-based approach right from the word go uh, to people in crisis, to people experiencing mental health issues, um, and a reduction in the reliance on police to be first responders. Uh, and also a whole range of other mechanisms and law reform um, to um, to reduce um, contact with the criminal justice system in, in general. So a lot of submissions beyond ours have recommended a whole range of really important reforms. Absolutely. And, and in fact, also in your submission, I have seen here that um, you've put here in recommendation four, the introduction of a legal requirement the Victoria Police have a reasonable belief that an offence has been committed before a pedestrian or traffic stop is initiated. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's consistent with our findings around racial profiling and discriminatory policing in general, is that uh, wherever police have discretion, and they have a great deal of discretion about stopping and searching um, um, people about who they decide to. Whenever there is discretion, uh, there there is bias into that. It comes into that decision, and therefore discrimination comes into that that um, policing. So we really need to um, have very clear, robust legislation that there that um, the belief that people the police form when deciding to stop someone has to be very reasonable and has to be backed up um, by by evidence rather than just a hunch or um, bias or assumptions or, you know, stereotypical assumptions, which often occurs. So in, in particularly we've highlighted in our submission is that people who look different or, or acting different or something out of the ordinary um, uh, are often targeted by police. And that's um, they're not necessarily doing anything unlawful, but um, they're, um, you know, whatever the police assume is different from their perspective is often targeted. And so, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we made. So that's one of the recommendations that we see is that there needs to be robust, um, clear guidelines for police about who they stop and search. So, looking at the high-profile case of Miss Dew's death in Western Australia, can you comment on that in, in, in the context of the submission? Yeah, that's another recommendation. We've we've seen this. There was was really clearly came out in the coronial inquest into Miss Dew, the, the um, young Aboriginal woman who was who died in police custody. She was taken into um, medical care um, several times. And what the, the coronial inquest uncovered was that doctors examining Miss Stu during those visits were, and they admitted themselves, that they were influenced by the, what the police um, said to them when, she, when they first brought her in. And the police were under, made the judgment that she was faking it, she was um, pretending. Um, exaggerating her injuries and her um, pain, and the the medical profession, the professionals, actual doctors, said that that 
that um, coloured their yeah. uh, initial assessment. And therefore, even the second doctor that uh, assessed Miss Do in, in that particular case was influenced by the first doctor. So the police, you know, assumptions and bias, yeah. a very non-medical assessment, yeah. influenced the medical assessment. And that's Absolutely. something that we've seen as well before is that um, medical staff, health professionals will quite often um, take the police's report of an incident or the behaviour or the, um, you know, the safety or the, the risk uh, associated with a particular client at face value. And so our recommendation was that there really needs to be very clear protocols for independent assessment of a, not only the client's risk but their health um, and their their outlook and their um, their treatment plan and so forth, just so that we don't see the same biases that a police exhibit in their policing um, be transmitted into the health professional assessment of a particular person. Absolutely, and that really brings us back to um, you know the the recommendation that police shouldn't really not shouldn't but they they should needn't be the first respondents here. That it's all about you know um, telling mental health. Um, People, patients, or or people that are criminalised, um, you know, we're not. You're not going to come into har- any harm. You know, giving them reassurance, like with that guy in Preston here in Victoria, about what happened to him when they sprayed him down with a garden hose and gave him all that pepper spray. I mean, ha- how's yeah. that going to help him? Yeah, it's another case that we highlighted, and most people will be familiar with it now because it's got such um, extensive media attention. Mm. Um, but it is extraordinarily common that this was a welfare check where, a, where a, a worker had called the police out of concern for the health of, in this case, John, an invalid pensioner, and um, police knocked on the door. He didn't want to come out. He, was, he reassured them that he was okay, uh, and they insisted and banged on the door, and eventually he opened the door and they pulled him roughly to the ground, jumped on him. Um, they pepper-sprayed him as he came out, even though he was just, you know... Um, Sort of uh, putting his arm in front of his own face uh, when the you know trying to avoid being grabbed by the police, and um, and then they pulled him to the ground and were battening him while he, whilst he was on the ground. And uh, yeah, it was quite a horrendous treatment of a of a man in um, in already in crisis, in emotional and psychological crisis. I mean, how um, is that constructive, Anthony? You know, for the police to say, "Mate, we don't want to break open the door." You know, I mean, just a quote from um, one of the journalists that actually broke that story in April. I mean, seriously, provide some care alternatives. Yeah, you know, it's it, and it's part. It's not just the police's fault because no. we see, we no, see no. the government it's across the board uh, providing literally now millions and millions of dollars into more and more police resources and police personnel. Correct. A rapid expansion across the state uh, of. Uh, the policing budget, and we're not seeing anywhere near a commensurate uh, expanse of our mental health resources. No, and, that's exactly and, right. Uh, mental health outreach services. And so if we were to put that money, for instance, gone towards new police that receive hardly any training in mental health, or very, very scant training in mental health, and have other obligations in terms of enforcing the law that makes it almost impossible for them to police mental health effectively, uh, if we put that into... Um, mental health professionals, therapeutic responses, care-based um, 
responses and services, including 24-hour care-based responses and services, we'd start seeing different outcomes. And we, and we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't need to rely on police as first responders um, as Look, much it's as we true. at the moment. It's true, and and indeed, um, you know, the recommenda- the recommendations are robust, and it's not just about the police. But I'm just saying that it is important to be able to to improve that police response. But you know, just to expand that point, Anthony, you know, in recommendation three, for example, of the submission that Fitzroy Legal Service wrote, you know, and I know you can't comment too much on that, but that the Victorian government provides increased stable block funding to support existing and um, services and develop new integrated services between health and wellbeing services and community legal centres. Mm. And that's important. Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. And that's consistent with a lot of the other submissions that I've read as well, is that, yes, and the, an, in, an injection of um, adequately resourced mental health services right across the board, integrated and so forth, will mean, by its very nature, less reliance on under-trained um, and pl- um, police who aren't, not only they're not equipped to respond effectively to people in crisis, but also shouldn't be because of their propensity to um, retreat to the law or to the use of force. Anthony, um, do you have any final comments? We're just about to end our interview. We're going to be interviewing Naomi Murphy next um, about NAIDOC, but and an award she was meant to have. And in fact, she's not accepting that award because Serco was um, sponsoring that. But anyway, do you have any um, final comments on that um, submission? Well, the, the, keep an eye, everyone should keep an eye out on the outcomes for the Mental Health um, Royal Commission because um, when these recommendations come out, the, go- the government's already said that um, they will um, fund them and they will um, you know, abide by those recommendations. But it's not always the case, of course, after any of these Royal Commissions, there's a lot of work from the public and from agencies yeah. like ourselves to make sure that, that recommendations are actually carried out. Um, so so people should keep, keep an eye on and monitoring the, the Mental Health Royal Commission and its recommendations, but also be prepared to, um, to keep up the calls for um, you know, them to be actually enacted by the, um, by the government of the day. Thank you so much. And where can um, people locate those sub- the submission if they wish to have a look? Uh, it's on our uh, website, policeaccountability.org.au. If, you, if they, people go to the updates and latest news, uh, they can see it there and they can download um, our submission and a few others as well. Thanks so much for coming onto the program, Anthony. I can appreciate that you're very busy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Marissa. Bye Thanks for now. a lot. Bye-bye. And that was Anthony Kelly from Flemington Kensington Community Legal Centre. And um, he's actually um, taken the time, very kindly taken the time, to speak with us about um, the submission that's been written by the Police Accountability Project. I'm going to go into an announcement and I'm hopefully going to be speaking to Naomi Murphy, who I'm really looking forward to um, speaking with, about what happened when she was offered an award. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419-8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. 
And you're back with the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio. And in case you just have just tuned in, we're going to be speaking with Naomi Murphy, who uh, is going to be talking to us about an award and how she declined it, and I don't blame her, um, in regards to the fact that it was being sponsored by Cercor. Hello, Naomi. Welcome to the program. Uh, hello, how are you? Yeah, good. I uh, hope your little girl's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm down here in um, Colonel Country in Carolgan. It's a bit raining, but yeah. That's all right. That That's good. Naomi, I'm wondering if you could just tell listeners, this is the Doing Time show. We do a lot of work on Aboriginal deaths in custody and indeed um, people who have been detained in detention as well. Could you just tell us what land you're from and also talk about what happened with the award? Yeah, sure. So I'm very proud of the Waka woman and I live down here in uh, the Side Valley on uh, Gano Turnoy country and have called for five to uh, the Side Valley. And... Um, That's a good thing that they haven't been in contact. Yeah. But um, we all know why why people go to prison. I mean, Aboriginal people in particular are overrepresented and criminalised, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Naomi, there's a little bit of static there. I, I must, it must be the the reception there, I think. But I, I think well, we can handle it. I've just taken you off um, the Bluetooth, so now can you hear me a lot better? That's fantastic. Are you all right? Yeah. You're, you're safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Sitting down, I'm parked out front of my house. Good on you, Naomi. It's so lovely to have you. No, I'm really glad that you talked about the stolen generation because it is 1788 all over again, and we do have a very, very aggressive um, colonial history. And um, it's really good that you've been able to talk to us about that. Well, I think that that needs to be um, um, talked about so openly and honestly because a lot of it's brushed under the carpet. Like We all know that the, the rates of um, Aboriginal people in the justice system are increasing, and uh, especially here in the state of Victoria, where Aboriginal women are the highest rising prison population. So I've been, um, you know, I've been in community here in Victoria for a long time, and I've seen my sister girls that I've knocked around with for 25, 20, 25 years, in and out, in and out. And um, it's obviously um, not working. Um, uh, prisons are bad enough. When you start privatising them and putting dollar signs above people's heads and um, and uh, herding them off like cattle, um, the cost of, you know, like cattle, cattle grazing, um, that's dangerous. Very dangerous indeed, and it's genocide. It absolutely is, and the government, should, uh, everybody involved should be um, 
um, uh, you know, ashamed of what, what is actually happening in this country. There was a recent Aboriginal death in custody in Western Australia. That's a circo-run prison. That young Aboriginal boy was 30 years old. Absolutely. That, that, that's just, that's not on. Has the name been released of that young boy, that young man? Uh, no, I think the family have released the media, um, that, that, uh, the family have released like a media statement. Yes. But um, I, I, I picked up on that um, before this award even came along and I've known about Circo for a long time because unfortunately I have been visiting and been in the prison system and visit, visited prisons all around the state of Victoria and um, yeah, I know how they operate. So um, once you start privatising them, they can run their own rules and they're not accountable to anybody. Absolutely. So, so all this. So you've done a lot of work in community, okay? And you were quite happy at first, weren't you, about the NAIDOC award? Oh, well, yeah. Like I was, I was. Um, yeah, you know, it's like um, it's NAIDOC. It's a time to celebrate um, all the hard work and and what we do in community. And um, you know, um, it's a good time of the year. And and. You know, when I got the email, I was like, yay, oh, deadly, you know. And then um, I looked at the fine print at the bottom of the flyer and I saw Serco's name there and I thought, um, I don't know. That was just an alarm bell started ringing. They and were sponsoring. They don't actually run any prisons here in the state of Victoria. We do have a couple um, that are privatised. And um, I can tell you now firsthand, I know that the stuff that goes on behind those doors in those private prisons, um, yeah, no one, no one knows about and it's, it's horrendous stuff. So how how would Circo sponsor such an award, Naomi? I think that they just go under that. They, they've obviously gone under the um, you know under the radar because not a lot of mob would know unless you lived and worked in the justice Aboriginal justice system. You know, not a lot of community would know, and I guess that was the reasoning why I um, rejected the award is to let community know about Circo, and unless you know about the prison justice system or um, detention centres, you know, for, for mob that are just living, living, you know, trying to trying to battle through life, not not a lot of mob would know. So mob have been accepting these awards and yes, not even knowing global, about it. They're a global organisation. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Naomi. So basically, yes, they don't, they didn't. The mob, mob doesn't know. Then didn't know up until now. Well, I mean, it's on the bottom of the flyer, but like in small print, but it's like a smoke and, what do you call it, you know, smoke and mirrors type. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the theme was voice, treaty, truth, and, um, you know, voices for change. Well, you know, this needs to be changed. This needs to not happen. Uh, privatised prisons should not have any space in, in our space, our NAIDOC, our, anything to do with it. I mean... Seriously, and what was the reaction of community Naomi when you when you oh, rejected community, it? Community just been so overwhelmed with support. I have been getting inundated with phone calls and messages, um, all all in the last couple of days of support from mob from First Nations mob overseas to Sydney, Good. to Brisbane, to um, activists up you know all across the country, and just getting that raising that awareness out there because. It's sad that mob have just sort of been like, you know, um, un, un, you know, um, un, um, uneducated, informed. Yeah, they don't know. You know, I mean, it's like you know, I think there was another like native title thing going on at the NCG recently, and um, BHP or Rio Tinto were the sponsors. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it was I had it on the flyer. 
It's horrendous, Naomi, isn't it? I mean, Circo also holds the national contract for immigration detention, which includes Sydney's Villawood Detention Centre, doesn't it? Yes, and we know what goes on in those detention centres. Absolutely. I mean, those poor people, they do, you know, um, suicide, um, allegations of, um, you know, rape, um, mistreatment of children. These people are in trauma and they're getting put in detention centres. And then they're at the most vulnerable state, you know, vulnerable people, and they're being abused by, you know, the likes of um, the, the powers to be, the big circo. And I've actually heard more recently that they're putting in for a tender for the NDIS. What? Mm, so um, that's, I don't know, that doesn't sound, does, doesn't sound good to me. Uh, no, it, it certainly doesn't sound good. And it's really interesting because I was just having a look at NIT TV um, and apparently... Um, they, the Circo sent Net TV a statement. Did you hear about that? Um, I've, um, I haven't seen the actual Circo statement. Yeah, so apparently they said that a rep- Circo said that a representative for the company said Christmas Island has never housed prisoners, but does house detainees under the Immigration Act. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, good on you, Naomi, for um, for 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 taking such a, a courageous and good stand. Oh, thank you. Look, I honestly didn't um, think think much of it. I didn't think it was going to, um, you know, open this can of worms. But I guess it's um, it's good. The real the real um, reasoning behind it was just to let mob know about private the privatised business, uh, prison business that happens here in this country. Um, yeah. You know that new prison down in Grafton, that's Circo run. Yeah. So they've been transporting mobs from Townsville down to Grafton herding them off like cattle, like there's dollar signs above their heads. Yeah. That's disgusting. It is. I, I've been following what's been going on up there in Grafton for a while now, even before this award was, um, you know, even before I was offered the award. So there's no way. I, to me, it's like a blood award. It, it Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. like a blood award. Yeah, and I've just spent the weekend with um, my family doing sorry business where I had my two first cousins come there, cuffed and chained like animals to a couple of um, prison officers. And uh, grieving graveside for their their mother, my auntie, and um, that that that's the images you never get out of your head. Well, that's very true, and in fact, there really needs to be more talk about this. I mean, yes, you know, the ABC, for example, does some commentary, but you know, we've got to also make sure that we have community-controlled Aboriginal-run organisations. Well, we know we know um, prison. The prison system obviously isn't working. No, um, the stats will tell you that. De- definitely, especially here in the state of Victoria. So, who best to know how to heal? I've been on that healing journey myself. I know. I've been in the justice system. I've been in the. Um, I've been through family violence. I've raised kids on my own. Strong, strong-willed Aboriginal kids. And um, who best to know how to heal is to heal ourselves. So, we don't need no jails. We need healing. And yes. until mob, you know, have that opportunity to be able to uh, get in contact with, with mob that have been through that journey with that life experience, people such as myself, this jail business, they're just going to build more and more jails. Absolutely, and we don't need that. And, and in fact, that's what our show, the Doing Time show, prides itself on, that we have people that have lived the experience. Yep. Well, I've been in the cells from Morwell to Fitzroy to Alice Springs to Maribar and Queensland and, and in between. So, you know, um, if anyone knows that that healing and that anger 
and that hurt and that trauma is is not going to um, get any better inside. It's not until you connect with your culture, and it wasn't until I was in my 40s, early 30s, late 30s, early 40s, that I connected with my culture and do what I do now, and that is healing. And that's never going to happen in this country until it's put back into Aboriginal hands. We put all the programs in the world, but if it's not Aboriginal run and Aboriginal, um, it, uh, you know, people involved in the process, it's not going to happen. Naomi, that's that's really great that you've um, you've talked about that, and I, I want to thank you so much for coming oh, onto the show. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, look, it's been a really um, you know, just to get that out there and just let the mob know. I'm not out to make anyone feel shame about no, you know, no. if they were unaware of that or if they went along on that day. I had some beautiful elders there. Sure. That, that day, I, I, I knew that were going, and um, some beautiful strong sisters that also participated in that but they weren't aware too so you know like just getting the word out and letting mob know about the likes of circo about the like you know privatized prisons we've got a number of them here people don't realize that they think all prisons are run by state government and they're accountable to them well they're not uh, they're not and we all need to do our research yep absolutely all good. Naomi, I'm hoping I can have you back again sometime. Thanks so much. Yes, not too deadly. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Naomi Murphy, who has done a lot of work in the justice system, speaking about how she rejected an honours award um, for NAIDOC because it was sponsored by a circo. It's approximately 4.51, and um, I'm hoping... But we may not have time. I need to play a song if I can. Um, we may have time. I'll, I'll give it a go.
And we're just about to finish our show. Beyond Zero is up next. Um, that was Gumaru, who's a wonderful musician, Indigenous musician from Arnhem Land, who's passed on. And that was dedicated to him. We're going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, by the Rumpy Band. Stay tuned for the Doin' Time show every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doin' Time show. Beyond Zero up next. Bye.